Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Great to be hanging out with y'all once again, Akuo Church. If you have hung out with us at all this year, you know that the word that God spoke to us to live out in 2023 is ready. That we are ready as currently constructed. It hasn't been a matter of building new things within yourself. This year has been about uncovering the things that are already there and using them and living those things out. And right now we find ourselves at the very end of a sermon series called Sent Out. And in this series, what has been driving us from the start is when Jesus looked at a crowd of people that were following him. And so when Jesus looked at them, he was overcome with compassion. Compassion that it was like almost shook his bowels. And then he looked to his disciples and he said this. He said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest ask him to send more workers into his fields. And since then, we've been praying for those workers. We've been asking the Lord to be with those workers. We pray to receive that kind of compassion. And since then, for some of us, we have learned that we're all called to go and work. We're all called to be a part of these fields. But in this, we've been seeing that it isn't always the easiest to figure out. Sometimes we need a little nudge or some help finding that right path because it can get a little confusing out there. It reminds me of something I saw the other day. It was a video of Icelandic people, people from Iceland, throwing baby puffins, these little cute little birds, off of cliffs into the ocean. Now this is actually something that is a yearly occurrence. They call it puffling season. Now before we go any further, they aren't harming these cute little animals, they're actually helping them. Here's the deal. These pufflings hatch in burrows on high sea cliffs. And when they're ready, they'll fly out of the nest and spend several, several years at sea. Now they navigate uh, by using the moon. They get to the ocean by looking at the moon. However, there's lights and stuff everywhere because of these towns. So it can actually lead the birds away from the ocean and into the town. Now in the evenings, it's a regular occurrence to see lost pufflings hiding in corners of the city trying to hide from predators. So what the people of these cities are doing is collecting the birds and then releasing them off the cliffs and into the ocean that they're supposed to be heading to. This act is keeping the puffin from going extinct. You see, the puffin picks one mate and mates for life and then only incubates one egg per year. So if the townspeople weren't helping out the birds, they would see a very steep decline in the puffin population. By doing this, they're not only saving the lives of the pufflings they're setting back into the ocean, but they're also saving future generations. With simple and gentle direction, these puffins can thrive. Which isn't far far off from us, right? As we've been learning all through this series, we have all been sent out at some level to do things for the kingdom that Jesus built. Some of us have been out there trying to do the work we've been called to, but we've ended up in the wrong spots. We thought it was the right way, but it turns out we were just following the city lights and not the light of the moon. We found ourselves doing work in a place that we don't need to be, or in a place that isn't very hospitable. And now we need that gentle redirection 
into what we know is right and true. You see, as Jesus was sending his guys out, he is doing the exact same thing. He's trying to give them direction before they even get sidetracked, before they have that opportunity to walk away from the ocean and head into the town. Jesus is giving them the directions ahead of time. So let's take a look at how Jesus wrapped up his conversation with the apostles before he sent them out. Here's what Jesus said, as recorded by his friend and apostle Matthew. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Okay, right here, Jesus is leading them to the ocean. Jesus is letting them know that it's not going to be enough for them to just go out and do some work. The real work is going to start with them confessing what they believe about Jesus. The disciples can't really do the work that Jesus has sent them out to do without first confessing that they believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that came to save the world. Jesus is telling his disciples, the apostles, that they would need to publicly acknowledge him even when they are under pressure to deny him, even when they are getting persecuted. Now, if they are able to do that, then they will get the reward of acknowledgement by Jesus in front of his Father in heaven. Now, what happens if they don't acknowledge Jesus while being persecuted? Well, Jesus says that he will deny them before his Father in heaven, which can be misread and misinterpreted, I think. This is a piece of scripture that can make people think that if they ever are in a position and they deny Jesus, or even if they don't like yell out, like, I'm a believer in Jesus, everybody listen to me, that they won't go to heaven and they'll actually end up in hell. And I need y'all to know that that's just not true. Because right here, Jesus says, I'll deny you in heaven. So by the way, in heaven already, right? Like you're already in heaven because we know what it takes to get to heaven, right? We know what it takes to get in there. Jesus explains that himself. Let's take a look at how Jesus's friend and disciple John recorded how Jesus says you get to heaven. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus explains right here what it takes to have eternal life, which is believing in him. So then what could Jesus be talking about when he says that he will deny these folks before the Father in heaven? Well, I think that it's some sort of extra heavenly reward. Yeah, I think that Jesus' grace is sufficient to forgive someone that is a true believer in him, but is pushed by the fear to tell people that they, they don't believe in him. I mean, when we get down to all of this, no matter how good someone acts or how many of the right things someone says, we will never truly know that they are a believer. They could go and say, I believe in Jesus and I do it, but inside they might not. That's between them and Jesus. So we would never know. Also remember that after Jesus lays his life down, the disciple that Jesus would build his church upon, Peter, well, that dude denied Jesus three different times. But what happened when Jesus is resurrected and sees Peter? He doesn't show up to him and be like, yo, bro, you're out of here. Get out, get away from me. No, Jesus makes a fire, waits on the shore while the disciples are out fishing. Peter realizes it's Jesus, jumps into the water, swims back to Jesus, and Jesus makes breakfast with the fish that they caught. As they finish breakfast, Jesus calls Peter over to ask Peter a few questions. Here's how it went down. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Even though Peter denied Jesus three different times, Peter was still entrusted to take care of Jesus' sheep. Peter was still entrusted to get the earthly church of Jesus going. So this section very likely isn't about salvation. It probably isn't about how a person can get to heaven. I think Jesus is talking about a reward and not salvation. And I'm sure the scripture has been interpreted differently by, by other people, right? I'm sure it has created a great amount of shame, fear, and brokenness in a lot of people out there. Probably some people that are listening to my voice right now. Now, if you're someone that has allowed the way that this has been taught to affect you for the worse, I want you to know that you don't have to carry that. You don't have to worry about if you acknowledge Jesus strong enough in front of your friends or your family that one time, and because you didn't do it in the right way, you're now going to hell. Y'all, I don't think it works like that. It's totally inconsistent with how Jesus treats us all the time because Jesus isn't a God of guilt and shame. He is a God of grace and love. So if you've been harmed by a different interpretation of this part of Jesus' life, I want to encourage you to let that go, to lay it down and just rest in the grace and the love that Jesus offers to us. Okay. Let's keep this moving along. Let's see what Jesus says next. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. All right, this part can be a little challenging also. Right here, Jesus isn't saying that he's the one that will bring war. He's actually explaining what will happen after he brings a new covenant. That he is establishing, this new covenant that he's establishing by laying his life down as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He's doing that, setting this new thing up. And we can tell that Jesus is talking about that because in verses 35 and 36 there, Jesus is quoting Jewish scripture. It comes from the prophet Micah. Now, in this passage, Micah, the prophet, predicts the terrible divisions that would always occur when God does a new thing in Israel. In the history of Israel, every time God would show up to do something new, to save Israel from themselves, there would be a group that would push back on God's saving efforts. They would explain how comfortable they are in the place that they were in. They were totally fine in the place that they were living that God was like, y'all need saving from this. So when Jesus quotes this Jewish scripture, he's explaining why there will be swords and fighting. It's because Israel regularly pushes back on God's saving grace, and this time isn't any different. Groups in Israel very violently push back against the new covenant that Jesus was creating. They oppose Jesus and his disciples all the way until they die. Even with all of that being said, Jesus still had to point these little pufflings back to the moon, back to the ocean that they were supposed to be in. Here's what Jesus said next. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. 
Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Okay, Jesus brought the new covenant that by believing in him, you will have everlasting life. That made the nation of Israel, the leaders of the temple, people that were happy with where they were at. It made them angry. So angry that it would cause division amongst family. So here Jesus is explaining where your allegiances should lie. If everyone is going to be against the disciples, even their most trusted people, their family, their friends, they should be putting Jesus first in their line of allegiance. Which is crazy because in Judaism, no human relationship was more important than the one that they had with their family. This was part of the cost of apostleship. Their love of family should not be greater than the love for the Lord. They had to be willing to face not only family hatred, but also death. The death part comes where Jesus says that they need to be taking up their crosses. That was a very popular way of executing a criminal at that time. They carried it in public for everyone to see, showing everyone what will happen if you cross the Roman Empire. This is Jesus' first reference to crucifixion in Matthew's account. This is a, a you know, foreshadowing. By sharing this illustration, he helped his disciples realize that their calling would involve pain and shame. Now, for us today, this still applies. Our allegiance needs to go to God first. It needs to be with Jesus because as much as you love the family you have, your mom, your dad, spouse, partner, kids, aunts, uncles, cousins, best friends, whoever, those folks will let you down at some point. People let each other down. That's just part of it. But with Jesus, he will always be there. So for us, we need to turn to him first. Now saying that, it doesn't mean neglect your family and go do extra ministry work. This scripture has been twisted by people for a long time to throw their families to the side in a pursuit of being a better disciple and apostle of Jesus. That is not what Jesus is asking his disciples to do. As a matter of fact, when some of these guys went out into the world, they took their spouses with them. The Apostle Paul spoke about this in the first letter he wrote to the church in Corinth. So Jesus isn't saying to neglect your family and never spend time with them in pursuit of this work in the fields that we're all sent out to. He's just saying that if he calls you to do something that doesn't line up with like what your family is asking you to do, then do the thing that Jesus asked you to do. It's the most important relationship that you have in your life. And really, Jesus sums up this whole idea at the end of this section. He says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you give up on your life, you'll find it. If you let go of what you want and go to what God wants, you'll find something so much greater. We will, if we don't do that, we will miss out on the eternal that God has placed in us. All the things that we work so hard on will be gone someday. Even the people, your family, think about this. What was your great-grandfather's first name? Now, it, it took me a second to get there as I was writing in. It was Tony. But think about this. Now, what about your great-great-grandfather? What was his name? You feeling me on this? Even our familiar relationships don't mean anything if they aren't connected to something eternal. So we want to be connected to the eternal. Let's connect what we see here and now to something that will never go away. Something that will never perish. That's what the sent out is all about. This is what the workers in the harvest will be doing 
pointing people to the eternal. Y'all, this is how Jesus was getting his apostles ready for the world. He didn't want them to be blinded by the, blight, by the bright lights uh, that will tell them to listen to family first, that will tell them to worry about their nation, to think about what the temple officials would say. What are all those church people going to say? No, no, no. Jesus needs them to understand the hierarchy in their lives. Jesus needs them to know about what the work in the field is going to be all about. Because when they do this, amazing things will happen. And the same thing goes for us. When we can understand the hierarchy in our lives and where Jesus stands, amazing things will happen because we'll be connecting everything to the eternal. All right, let's see how Jesus finishes this, this out. Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So here Jesus is explaining the exact role the disciples will be playing to Israel as they share the good news of Jesus. They will be prophets, which there are prophets in the Jewish scripture, which we call the, the Old Testament. The prophets in, in there would get messages from God about the future, right? But a prophet is also just someone that speaks for somebody else. Jesus is a prophet for God the Father. Then the disciples would be prophets for Jesus. So it kind of like keeps going down, right? So when they were received, when these apostles were received, really what Jesus is saying, the gospel was received. The people that were receiving the apostles believe. Then Jesus goes into the rewards. Now this is rewards, not salvation. Jesus explains what they will get if they receive these prophets into their homes. The same rewards the prophets get for going out into the world, right? Now, then Jesus drops that last line. If you give a cup of cold water to the least of his followers, then you will be rewarded. Now, in this whole section, this whole series of sent out, Jesus did a ton to lay out what the disciples would be doing out there as they graduated to apostles. He gave them lessons on preaching the gospel, helping people, living simply, moving on if rejected and using wisdom and discernment. Then he told them to expect persecution, not be afraid, and to remain faithful to God. This is what the disciples needed before they headed out. This was Jesus picking them up, pointing them to the ocean, and letting them go. So right now, I want to give you a chance to formally accept the work that has been laid out in front of you. I want you to be able to take on the field that you have been called to and work the harvest that you're supposed to. To do that, I want to allow Jesus to direct us like the little pufflings we all are. So the first thing that you'll need to do is go find the nearest cliff. No, uh, you won't need to do anything like that. All you need to do is just simply put your hands out in front of you. This is just a physical posture to show that you're, you're allowing the Lord to, to do something with you right now. And then just say something like this along with me. Just say, Jesus, I accept the work you have given to me. Please help me grow in it and in you. Amen. Now, for some of us to fully do that work, you got to start at the beginning by believing. To do that, there aren't like a bunch of religious hoops for you to jump through. There isn't anything crazy. All you have to do is just simply believe. Believe in Jesus and what he did here while he was on this earth. It's not about behavior or holiness. Just believe. 
So if you want to declare or redeclare that belief today, I can help you do that. I can help lead you in a conversation between you and Jesus that we would call a prayer. Now, to help you out during this time, uh, which I understand can be a little weird, a little scary, I'm going to ask our entire Akuo community to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, nobody ever has to pray alone. You always have a community praying along with you. So if you want to declare, redeclare your faith in Jesus today, just say something like this between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, the next thing we want to do is, is do what our name of our church says, Akuo. We want to listen. We want to make sure that we are listening to the Lord at any chance we get. So we want to make ourselves available right now because we know that the best ability that we can have with God is our availability. So what I want you to do is just close your eyes if you're able to and just imagine Jesus sitting in front of you in a comfortable spot. And then you're just going to ask him a question. And if you don't get anything that's okay, I just want you to keep going back and, and sitting there. Maybe later on in the week, you might hear something. So here's the question I just want you to ask today, just to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, will you show me what I need to see and speak to me what I need to hear to work in your field? We'll take a few minutes to ask and listen, and then I'll come back to finish in prayer. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice, for your love, for your grace. 
Thank you for today. Thank you for the way that you continue to speak to us. Jesus, will you please help us see the situations we need to move towards? Jesus, will you please help us understand what you want us to do in the fields we've been sent out to? Jesus, will you please remind us of the calling you have placed in our lives and the ways that we need to live it out? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the way that you're going to be moving in our lives. We love you. And we pray all these things in your holy and mighty and wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. All right, y'all, before we finish out today, uh, we talked about just kind of that, this idea that we've all been called into different fields. And so uh, if you're one of the people that's like, man, I, I got to get connected to a field, I want you to know that we have things that you can be doing here within the Kuo community. Y'all, there are so many places that you can get linked into that. Uh, one of the ways uh, to see all the different things that we have going on is by going to akuo.church slash serve, and you can get signed up right there. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is fill out your info and we can get you connected to one of our many A-teams happening every single week. Now, the one that we've been talking about for the last few weeks is Cool Kids. Y'all, we just need three more volunteers and that will allow us to open up a baby room and within that ministry, only once a month serving. So we, got, we want you to be a part of that because we understand if we can open up more space for more kinds of different families that have these small babies, more people will be able to come in and get this gospel that Jesus wanted for his people. So we really want you guys to, to be helping out with that. So go to the, the website and or you can click on or scan the QR code that we have on the screen right now. Now, the next thing I want to talk about are our community groups, y'all. This is the best thing that you guys can be doing because this is the place where you can grow with a group of people. Joining a group and being a part of a community that will walk with you through your life could be one of the best things that you do while you're here at Akuo. And y'all, we have six different groups happening on different days and times throughout the week. To see all of those, scan the QR code or go to akuo.church community to see all the different groups that we have going on. Now, the last thing I want to mention is the way that we are generous here at Akuo Church. I want you to know that with my organization and with my family, we practice that. We practice generosity here at Akuo. We practice it with our time and we practice it with our resources. And so with that being said, I want you to know uh, that we like to get you connected to all kinds of different things, uh, whether it's serving, uh, linking to our community or allowing you guys spaces to give resources. So I just want you to know that if you do give here to Kuo, I'm so grateful for you. We're able to do things like trunk or treat and serve people in that way. We're able to help pay phone bills and electric bills because of the ways that you are generous. So when you're generous at Akuo, I want you to know you're not give, being generous to Akuo Church, you're being generous to your community through Akuo Church. It comes to us and then we just distribute it in the best way we can. So when that, uh, one of the ways that you can be generous here at Akua, one of the ways that you can start maybe before you hear from the Lord or before you're not really sure uh, is through the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which uh, is your local church. And so that could be the place that you get started in your walk of generosity. But if, if that's not you, uh, you know, you can be giving just whatever you can or, or whatever you're hearing from the Lord. 
Now, one of the things that that the church exists for is to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need some help from us, please contact us. If you uh, are interested in contacting us or you know someone that needs some help, please reach out to us at help at akuo.church or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo, you can do that by going to the website, akuo.church, click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option for that. All you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, on the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and we will be praying for you now and we will continue to pray for you throughout the rest of the week. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the way that you love us, and I I thank you for the way that you have sent us out. Jesus, I pray that, that as we are working in the fields that you've called us to, that you would give us the right ways to move, the right ways to speak, and the right ways to love the people that we are around. Jesus, we thank you for everything. We thank you for the calling that you've given to us. We thank you for the field that you've given to us. And we thank you for the instruction that you have given to us while we're out here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, all that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you at a community group this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.